Not Your Mama's Podcast, back at it again. Special episode for you guys. We went deep into uh, psychology of what makes us tick, how to get motivated, and how to th- get things done. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, all, understanding our innate biases, you know, of what blocks us and kind of how to break through that. And that's the big question that we're all kind of wondering, you know. I think you guys will enjoy. All right, check it out. Ladies, ladies. And gents. And Jessies. And Jessies, yes. What's up, my dude? How are you? You know what? I am great. Grateful for another day, yeah. Do you really mean that? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, when people ask me things, it kind of brings things up a little bit more so, you know? It causes me to reflect. I, I feel like if people ask me a question, I hope I give them an honest answer. So, like, I take, like, a deep breath. You know, man? I'm good. Like, I feel very grateful for everything I have in my life. And how about the times where you feel not so good? Is that, Um, does it depend on who you're talking to? Definitely, yeah. But, um, I'll usually, like, if I'm, if I'm not doing great and I'm, like, talking to someone that I'm not, like, super close with, just be like, it's a day. Today's a day, you know? Yeah. I'll try and, like, you know, I always want to be lighthearted with it, um, but honest at the same time. But I don't feel like I need to... I don't want to just project my shit on people. You know? Especially as someone that doesn't know you that well. And also that doesn't care, you know? You know how you can kind of tell if people actually want to hear about your day or not? Yeah. In that case, I would keep it brief, not too down. It's to, a, to the point where they feel like they like need to be like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to pull something. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. not like, I'm not trying to like lead a conversation, like be like, make it about me. It's just about... You know, like, if you're going to ask me a question, hopefully you mean it. And some people are like, how you doing, man? And it's like, good. How about you? Yeah. You know, like, and that's that's all it is. But definitely. I don't know, man. How are you? <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like most people, it's not like all good or all bad at the same time. 100%. Yeah. So just going through ebbs and flows of feeling good and feeling like maybe I'm not doing enough that I should or... That's always a thought, yeah. man. That's always a thought, but that should just be a, the tool to kind of, like, charge you up. Yeah. You know, it's like... Catalyze. Yeah, so yeah. You know, if yeah. you're, if you're like, having that thought and, like, you're like, you know, I should... If you're already feeling like, you know, I feel like I should be doing more, only you know if that's true or not. And, I mean, we could always be doing more. We were talking about it before the podcast began. It was like, you know, there's so many things that people can do to, you know, be healthier but we don't choose to, you know, like we, we choose like this, you know, path of least resistance at times, but that's what's needed in that moment. And then if you want that change, you have that power. You definitely do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is, you know, maybe not feeling so good, wants to change some lifestyle, um, activities in their life or just, you know, work on improving, having a better life. But they feel like they have this obstacle of, it's really the obstacle of just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on the topic. Like, you know, there's there's health as in like physical wellness and, and then there's like mental wellness. Um, you know, even 
you know, money can be like a stressor that causes like different, you know, uh, obstacles for growth, you know, mm. but if people want to change and they truly mean it, like, I think, I think the big thing I would say is like, do you truly want to change? Like, that would be the first question. Like, is that something that like, what, what do you want to change, you know, and really try and f- understand what this thing is and build up this, this build up the, the power in them, you know, cause a lot of times we, we tell like, we, we're just going to be like, oh, this is what you need to do, blah, 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 blah. And we just project this thing. And then people absorb that information. And that almost is overwhelming. You know, like, I've done it to people. People have done it to me. Um, but I know that, like, if it's done to me, I know it's not a good response in that time. And I'm, I'm after I say it to other people, I'm like, ah, I should have, you know, put it a different way. Really, it's about... It's really about taking smaller steps towards it, not being so overwhelmed by... Oh, I have to do all of these things. That is huge. And then I'll be good. It's like, you know, take some small steps at a time. And See, that's, that's the... Build some momentum. That would be the next step. I feel like the first step is build the power within them, you know, and really, what is their why of why they want to change? Like, mm-hmm. are you just saying that? Like, are you, do you really want to cause change? Because a lot of times, like, even if you were to make it digestible, you have to want it in order to fuel yourself. Right. You have to, you know, we have all this potential stored energy within us, you know, but you need that catalyst, you know, what you were saying. One of the things I got out of um, Jim Quick's new book, Limit- uh, Limitless, yeah, is he, um, he's had a lot of stuff about that. First of all, like just what you said, um, reasons reap results. So if you have a strong enough reason, a strong enough person, um, sorry, if you have a strong enough reason and... Um, drive to get something done you're gonna get you make results from it totally right and then the next thing he says is um back to the whole why thing because the purpose is uh directly an indication of what your motivation will be from that yeah so to enhance the purpose he says ask yourself what you will gain and what are the benefits for doing this daunting task mm-hmm. that you've never done before but you know it's going to help you and um and then also it starts with the small steps and then also think about the consequences for not taking this action right and i feel like people are their worst enemy and best friend at the same time they'll like they'll come up with the like a million reasons why they can't do something mm-hmm. and then you're like well don't do it and you're like oh but i want to change i want to grow and it's like well guess what the only thing that's stopping you is you, you know, at the end of the day, life is just this simulation of different stimuli that we perceive and digest and we create our own realities. We all have our own stressors. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever done this, but driving on the freeway, you look over at other cars and you realize that each of these people within these cars have their own lives, their own agenda that they're going to, and they have their own stressors. And I know none of it. Literally, I know nothing of what their life, their struggle, their journey is. Right. Only they know that. And, you know. That's a really healthy, uh, healthy mindset to have, too. To not be too quick to judge somebody. Well, it's, a ju- it's not even a judgment thing. It's almost like it makes me feel small. And I think that's a good motivator. Because I don't know if you've ever felt this, but like, you know, like stage fright. You know, when people are on stage, they feel like they're the center. They feel... 
like they're this big thing and they just want to shrivel into this small thing, you know, and just be, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to do this. You know, everything's going to be magnified if I mess up. By the way, Jesse is a musical um, band member here, yeah. shall I say. I mean, he plays more than one instrument, but plenty of stage time. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I mean, but the the thing that, that I kind of take away from it is like me being small gives me strength, gives me power, you know? It, I can I can do whatever I want and if I fail the only thing that's gonna happen is I fall you know and I land and then I push myself back up and then I carry on I learn I grow from that moment but I don't care about embarrassment I mean I do but not crippling you know I know mm. I'm like because I could always look back at that and be like I'm so small I'm a speck on this planet Definitely. and I could cause a lot of change <coughs> a speck can cause you know this snowball effect you know, like this little uh, trickle of snow can cause this, uh, you know, a whole freaking... Uh, right. We could be the smallest things in the universe, but we can also be the biggest things in the universe. Exactly. That yeah. create the most change. and Yeah. And it comes from that inner drive of going back to what you were saying, the why. So I want to know more about what uh, it was talking about, Limitless. So it was like the reason uh, reaps reward, mm. um, the small... Like, what, what was it? Small digestible steps? Mm. And then is there anything else that that he ta- um, touches the, on? From the stuff I read today, um, basically all of that is he puts it into an equation, actually. Ooh. And the equation kind of makes sense from everything that I just said. Okay, so the equation is all about how to unlock motivation, basically. And the equation that he gives is motivation equals purpose times small steps times energy. Say that one more time. Motivation equals purpose times the small steps that you need to do to start getting it going and energy. Yeah. And that's that's what purpose equals? Hmm? It all equates to purpose? N- it, this or is- motivation? Motivation. Oh, motivation. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like motivation... Is... It's like a way to hack motivation, really. It's Yeah. Well, I feel like you can divide that and isolate energy. You know? like you can... What do you think the energy aspect of the equation is really meaning? Well, I mean, it could be mean multiple things. It could be like physical energy, like it requires movement, action, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it could also be like, you know... I feel like sometimes motivation, energy is synonyms to me. So I don't know if he meant it in a way that was more... I think almost it's like a energy is a byproduct that you get from doing these other things that are going to contribute to motivation. That's, I think that's some goal that you just said. I, you know, during this whole quarantine, I was trying to learn some new skills. And me and my sister took on this project where we were doing some uh, construction at her place. Mm-hmm. And before we started... My sister's telling me all these things she wants. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, you know, I, I don't really have that much experience with this. But once we started doing it and seeing what we were building, seeing what we were actually like creating with our hands, it, it gave energy. It gave us both this energy and confidence exactly. to just start to, to just feel like, and we, we felt like we can do anything like unrelated to, to, um, you know, construction and, and, you know, doing it yourself it's just it's it's almost like it it was this this momentum that was causing it exactly and it causes that, that spark it's like one of the conversations we've had before 
about motivation versus discipline. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if you apply the first couple steps, the the taking purpose and the small steps, you, um, with discipline to do those, even realizing the purpose and then doing the small steps, um, you will gain energy from that that's going to lead into more motivation. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. And it it feeds itself. And it's not just like, that could be worth working out. Anytime you get more results at something and you feel better at it, it just brings to this draw to do it more. Yeah. And it's funny that you said working out. Because I feel like, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I feel like when people like first start working out, it's never like about being healthier. It's more about like looking good and like seeing things. And like me doing the construction thing, it's something that I saw. You know, it's like I saw it, what I did, and I, you know, like I could see it with my own eyes, and that was kind of like causing this internal, intrinsic reward system, whereas like first I was looking at the external, but then I, I felt powerful, and I felt, and the feeling that I felt, it it was more of an internal motivator, mm-hmm. like, and I, I'm sure you felt the same way. What do you think about that? Oh, just about getting some momentum from... Uh, yeah, getting like something started. Uh, yeah, so like I'll I'll, put, I'll phrase it in a question like if someone going back to the question you said if someone wants the advice to change, you know, and what the steps that would uh that would get them there. Do you think that um, you know, doing something that gives them like this external or this this feel good system of like for example, getting a six pack in the mirror, you know, mm-hmm. but little do you know, you're also, you know, killing, a, you know, any, you're lowering your risk of all these different health problems and, and you're helping your life. But that motivator, do you think that's the spark that can be applied to like, you know, someone who wants to be a doctor, someone that wants to do these other things that are more mentally driven? Um, I think it is for sure. I mean, it's a little different. Because it's working out, and that's a little superficial with the abs. Mm-hmm. And becoming a doctor has, like, a deeper purpose to it. Yeah, but do you think that, like, a doctor can get that same external thing? Like, do you think there's a step? Like, almost like competing in, like, a science competition or oh, something yeah. like that? Like, what do you think, like, if someone was struggling? Like, what would Struggling you... with what? Uh, like, they have an idea of what they want but the the steps to get there are hard for them to to see or okay i would say yeah. that there's um a couple key points and one of them would be making a realistic timeline of how you could get this thing done um figuring out how much time you're going to put in a day maybe make like a little um what do you call it a little schedule that you're going to follow mm-hmm. to a T. It doesn't have to be much, but a good start is a good start. Yeah, like a general outline, like almost like a to-do list. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So what do you think the pitfalls would be? Like, what do you think the blockers would be um, for those people that are trying to cause, you know, that that are like, okay, I can do this in bite-sized pieces. They start doing it a little bit. And then they get dissuaded and, you know, um, you know, they lose their attention or, you know, they just kind of start losing that momentum. What do you think the reasonings are? Okay, there could be a couple things. It could be that the reason that you're not motivated to do this is because it's not your true calling. 
and that happens with a lot of people who get into careers that are going to be paying really well, but they're not really excited about what they do, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, like, what was the other? So, like, what are these blockers? Like, what are what are these um, things that oh, not innately taking... are in us that kind of, we all kind of stop, we, we hit a wall? Mm-hmm. Um, also, it could be just um, not following through with, like, any of these things, whether it be academic or working out, they need a step-by-step process. And sometimes if you set yourself up for uh, a process that's pretty demanding of you because you're excited to go into it and eventually you kind of get burnt out or less interested, I think that would be a good time to readjust and be like, you know what, I'm only going to start um, doing my project uh, three times a week for two hours and just lessen it until a point where... I mean, it also depends on some sort of deadline that you have, of course, Mm -hmm. but um, just prolonging it into a thing that you can get excited to a little bit at a time and then be consistent with that. Yeah, it's it's all about getting that excitement. That's a hard one. Like, you know, it's like for working out, let's say it's like people love the feeling after a workout, but the, the initial kickstart, you know, the start of the workout is always the hardest to actually produce momentum. You know, so it's almost like you need to, you know, imagery, I think, is like a really powerful tool, mm. but it's really hard to be implemented. You know, it's like I've I've tried to sit there and visualize myself, you know, getting energy and, um, you know, let's say like lifting a heavy weight, like visualizing that I'm going to lift this heavy weight and I'm going to I'm giving myself that energy. But once I go there, I lose that that energy somehow, like before a wrestling meet, I would have music in my ears and I get like this pumped up sensation of me just going out there and being super strong and being able to take people out. But the second the music came out, I kind of, I felt like a, a part of me died (laughs) and I'm just like, and I'm walking in and I'm just like, Oh, like, I don't know if I did that right. You know, it's like I was visualizing, I wasn't like visualizing every detail. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of factors that go into that. It wasn't you just losing motivation. It could have been a bad mood that you were in or... But like beforehand, I would feel on top of the world. I got, you know, it's like everything felt fine, but... But when you go on stage, you just felt scared? It's like the second I pulled the, these things that were giving me good energy, like, you know how like, well, you know, we'll, we'll listen to music to be in a good mood, but, you know, the music's not always there. Like, so when I took the music out, I felt like empty and I don't know if like I should have done it in a silent state and just like powered through. I don't know, man. Like that was, I feel like meditation would have a lot with that. It's that's a hard practice though. Cause like everyone says meditation, but what I feel like so many people have different ideas. Like imagery could be a form of meditation. Like what do you mean by meditation? Um, I mean, there's a few types out there. Um, a couple ones that I really, um, Actually, there's probably three that I've been uh, pretty into. Um, one is like the most basic form of uh, meditation, and that's concentration meditation. So you just focus on just breathing, and any uh, thoughts that come into your mind, you just like immediately dismiss them, right? Then, so are you, are you telling them to go away, or are you like just letting it pass through you? Cause when I, you're I letting heard... it pass through, you're like, oh, I had that thought. All right, time to go back to meditating. Right. As soon as you have that realization that you need to do that. Um, 
and then there's also um, other types of motivation. You got meditation. mindfulness motivation uh, meditation, which is a little similar, but it's um, you kind of just sit with those thoughts for a little bit and be like, "Do I really need to think about this right now? If there is, think about it for a second and then get back on track." Right. And you're not feeling bad about um, not concentrating for that minute. You're not urgent to get back. Okay. to the meditation that's the one i've heard of more yeah, yeah. okay and what is that called mindfulness med- meditation mindfulness meditation okay and then the third one and then there's a third one i'm trying to remember um do you remember what it is like that you're doing during that meditation doesn't need to be a name mm, i forget it we'll have to look it up okay young, yeah young jamie <laughs> yeah <laughs> get him over there where's Callie at? um yeah, I, you know, I've, I've done guided meditations, like, you know, cause sometimes my voice, my inner voice is pretty loud. So I need an external that kind of like pieces me through, but I've, I've used those primarily to go to sleep. Um, those are okay to go to sleep. Yeah. They're okay to go to but sleep. If you really want to meditate in a place where you're not like tired and you're just, you're awake, it's the middle of the day and you just want to get a mindfulness, uh, or some sort of meditation practice in for a few minutes. I think it's best to start just like anything that we do in training is with the baby steps. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can meditate for 20 seconds. Do that a few times. Next week, do a minute. You know, might be a long drawn out process. The more you're better, the more um, you're starting to feel better about it, the more that, um, that you can allow yourself to get into it. And you can build on that. Yeah, totally, man. I feel like you really need that a lot because you struggle with meditation. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a progressive thing. I did go through a phase, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> I went through this phase. Um, I I like was really getting into meditation, and I heard that there was this meditation uh, to orgasm. <laughs> have you ever heard of that? It's literally like, you like have like a sexual energy or something like that. You breathe through, and like it's supposed to be like a no hands kind of like. Oh, but you're horny. Ah, like it, yeah, it produces that, and it's almost like your breath work and stuff like that. That was How like do you my, get yourself into that zone. I don't know, man. It was what weird. Just happened. It was weird. It was like a, I would play like a binaural patterns in the background, and um, I would do this like breathing, and it's like more, ener- energetic breathing. Hmm. Like you're doing like, <sighs> like almost like the the breath that you would be doing when making love. Or like, you use it after this? No, no, no. Like this is oh. something that I did. Uh, maybe like six years ago um just like sitting down actually you know what i think i youtubed like the song like the meditate the the sex meditation song i don't know man i was a horny kid who knows but it was it was honestly like a good moment for me i felt like i got into breath work like i got into other things just from like being like let's see if this works yeah but i uh I feel like, you know, going back on meditation forms, something that I don't think about, but I do try and adopt in my day-to-day is breath work. It's literally just I focusing know. on breathing and like I'm the power I did just get this app that is for it, but... What is it called? It's called State. State? It's just free? It's on uh, No, not really. They have one sample that's free. Oh, uh, okay. And the rest you're going to have to pay for. But the one sample that's free is almost like your... Um, energizing one although they they label it as a present one right but it's like um it's like your standard like breathe in hold for a few seconds 
And then it goes into the second part of the, um, of the exercise, and it totally switches it up from, it's kind of like Wim Hof breathing. So you have to like breathe in like a lot and then breathe out really fast and then breathe in a lot. And you do that for about 20 reps and then you go back to the slower inhales, hold, and then exhales. It's like relaxed breathing mixed with like, almost like a, a fight or flight breathing. Like yeah. that's I, that's what I feel like Wim Hof is. It's like it's triggering your your fight or flight right. system. It's kind of a mix. Um, yeah, I like that. I like the mixture because you know I've heard of the box breath, which is like four breaths in, four breath hold, four breath out, four breath hold, um, and that's like a kind of like a, it's a healthy median, but it's a little bit more towards relax and just kind of like lose pain, all that stuff. Yeah, I've heard that before going to bed. Yeah, but I really like the Wim Hof style because it gives me this life force, you know, even if it's for a few seconds. Definitely. I like to implement that sometimes, but, um, I don't know, like a lesser version that's combined with something else would be optimal, maybe? Yeah. In a lot of other uh, scenarios? I used to do the, <laughs> when I was driving home from Long Beach, um, I would do the Wim Hof breathing. And I would do, like, four bouts of it. And the problem with doing that is, like, you get really lightheaded. And tunnel vision, and you don't know where you're driving. Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) There was only, like, two people I hit. It was fine. Um. (laughs) Have you ever done Aubrey Marcus's um, peripheral gaze? No, what is it? So... Was that on your day? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I maybe read something on it. What, What was it? So, this is what he recommends, and... He gives caution to this, but he can. He says it while you're driving is a nice time to do it, but mostly at like a stoplight unless you're pretty advanced, and um, level three. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, um, you can like look at. I can just look at you right now and just see you, but if I do these things with my eyes, I can see the whole room at the same time. Interesting. You feel like you could do it? Uh, yeah. I feel like I can do it. But yeah. you just can't see... You, you see everything, but not as well as you see one thing. Exactly. That's So what does that do? Uh, it's just like a form of meditation. I think there's a little more to it because you're incorporating some sort of visual aspect to it. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to like external motivation or extrinsic. Like you, you need to see something in order to to kind of cause change. Like I feel like the problem with meditation or at least the struggle with meditation is that it forces people to be in. And it's like, we haven't really learned how to do that. There's a lot of things that, you know, it's like, and you were talking about Jim quick earlier. It's like, there's a lot of things that we learn when we're young, but we don't expand upon it. We learn how to read, but we don't learn how to read faster and process information quicker, you know, which is one of his key messages. Mm-hmm. There's so many of these things that we just, you know, it's like meditating. It's like, it seems so easy to just sit there and do nothing. Yet, it's one of the hardest things that people can ever I do. Know. One of the hardest things. It's one so of, cool in that way. One of our buddies, um, Jonah, did a, a, a meditation retreat. And it was a silent meditation. For, I want to ask him about how that went. We, we should have him on, uh, on a podcast to really expand on that. And just kind of like what he's learned from it. Because it's really, lis- you know, uh, uh, Paul Check has his five doctors and one of the five doctors, it's each of the doctors is like a part of us, um, like Dr. Sleep, Dr. You know, uh, uh, 
there's all doctor, the spokes on the wheel. Exactly. And Dr. Quiet is a big one in there. And it could be rest. It could also be like meditation and just kind of in, internal work. And mm. it's one of the hardest things that you can do, but it gives you so much energy. If you, it provides energy for, for all of these other things that were in that equation to, to be motivated. Mm. You know, like one of the biggest blocks is like, maybe I'm coming from people are so external that it's so hard for them to like see anything that requires internal work. You know, they need to look I at the, a phone. They need to look at, you know, something. So I feel that's like, what I'm hoping this quarantine might stir up a bit and get some changes in people in that aspect. I don't know, man. People have to put down their phone. Like that's, that's the big one is, you know, so there's, yeah, but if there's any sort of, um, external catalyst that might be able to, you know, make that happen, it would, it could be the quarantine. No, that's, that it is super true. That is super true. And it, I think for some people it will definitely work. Some people, uh, they're so deep in the rabbit hole. They need a bigger catalyst. I don't know. They need something. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. It's almost like a drug. It's, it's literally a drug. You're just getting dopamine rushes from staring at these different things that give you, you know, some feedback, some, some chemical reaction that makes you feel good. So mm -hmm. being yeah. able to do that with energy and work to do it internally, people aren't as into. It's like, why, why think about a hot girl when you can watch porn? You know, it's, it's like that there's, there's so many kind of just loops that we go in and it's just like the path go, going back to the path of least resistance you know so that's i think that's a bigger question mm. what what do you think is like a way to be in like and i know meditation is a form but like I, the peripheral like i feel like there's there's this block on the general public and people who meditate you know and it's like it's becoming a bigger thing for sure it's a hard to cross over though but ha definitely in liberal states yeah, liberal states for sure. But like what what gets them there? Is it just hearing it? Is it just like some people, people could be hearing it? it? I mean, how did we get onto it? We've heard about it. Well, I mean, like we've always known about it though. Mm, I mean, we've known what it is, but we didn't know how much it would benefit our lives potentially. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a family where I mean, my aunt, like that's her profession, like she had like she's a monk. She's a monk. <laughs> She, uh, she like tries to get people into a meditative state and then like try and cause change, but it's a hard thing to, because you have to be open to it. Mm -hmm. You have to be open to, oh, what's this, what's this meditation thing? You know, it's a, <clears throat> it's difficult to find in, um, boomers specifically, or just older people. They seem to be a little more calcified in their ways. And reaching out to them, presenting them ideas that might help their life, um, is kind of hard to get through to them. And what? they're just Why? so they're so set in their ways, and it's a natural thing that comes along with life, maturity and being more grounded in yourself, and like, you know. But there, there's a balance that you need to have with open mindedness. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. You don't want to drink the snake oil kind of thing, but what is the blocks like because you're talking about baby boomers there's so many this is like a theme in in history like where people just like they are stuck in their ways this is what they believe and that's it and there's just they shut their their you know peripherals to the whole world like what are these innate blocks inside people 
you know. People just become so connected to the things that they've been doing for them, and they think that it works, and they don't want to veer away from that. They're like, I'm I'm happy with the way my life is right now. Why do I need to add something else? You can sometimes show them overwhelming science that this can help anybody, and there's they'll still be like, oh, I'll give it a try, or just never do it. What are, So I know you were telling me about uh, a Robert Greene book, mm-hmm. um, and how it was kind of expanding on like learning capacity and like going back to that first question that we had of like, if people want to change, but they don't have, you know, there's something that blocks them innately. Right. So the book talked about a few things. Um, trying to read what we have written written down. Um, I know one is confirmation bias. What did they say? We're all what? Um, it's there's confirmation bias. Um, that's his rational. Oh, okay, we're all rational, um, but we have innate blockers that stop us, and some of these innate blockers could be um, something that's inherent in all of us as humankind. There's no avoiding this. Now you can become super aware of these things, or you can outgrow them, or just have that revelation that you know what I need to have an open mind. But some of the things that are blocking us are confirmation bias. And that one, I think most people hear about, it's like you want, that's almost like you, you believe in something so much that you ignore the, the external. That's what you were just saying yeah, about you, baby boomers. Like You believe everything it is that you're interested in and that anything that contradicts that, you won't even look into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that can't be real. Yeah. Almost like how people react to global warming or, or climate change. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's like a a pretty uh, re- relevant one. Yeah. Conviction bias. I feel like this is a big one, especially amongst boomers, because um, someone says something with conviction and you have a bias to believe them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of boomers, they love to get their news and they love to get their news from the... Uh, the TV from ABC or Fox or yeah, all these different places that get paid millions of and, dollars. You know, I'm not knocking those news stations. They they bring a lot of good stuff, but they also bring a lot of stuff that's like whether they realize they're doing it or not, they could be misspreading information that's not completely accurate. Yeah, and taking certain quotes from from people and uh, you know, not saying the whole story kind of thing or. You know, just knowing only one portion of it. And people aren't getting their news from many sources. No. You know, like at least... and, it, and it takes effort to look at different sources and think critically and make your own decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one, this one's pretty common, is appearance. If someone's dressed up as a doctor, you're going to have a bias to believe whatever the fuck they say. Exactly. And that kind of goes back to conviction because the baby boomers, you know, they were taught to believe that doctors know what they're talking about. Every doctor, listen to what they say, you know, and smoke this cigarette. Yeah, you're right. That's changing nowadays, too. Yeah, and it's not like we're losing faith in doctors. It's just, like, there's other voices that are, like, coming out with different research. Other types of doctors and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, something about science, you know, like, I am so pro-science. I love just that we're constantly challenging these uh, different beliefs. But people get stuck in this... uh, uh, like a past tense of science. Like it was proven back then. Yeah, but since then it was disproven. You know, it's like keep an open mind. Like all these things, you know, like... Uh, uh, things get disproven all the time. Yeah, like high uh, high fat, low carb, 
low fat, high carb, you know, even like, margarine, dude. Yeah. 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 Trans fats and all that stuff and all the stuff that was like pushed down our, uh, uh, you know, our, our grandparents throats, canned foods, all these things that like had a long shelf life, but what were in them, you know, like what, what, you know, and then they had gastrointestinal discomfort. They had no idea why, you know, they had more heart disease, you know, yeah. than the last hundred years kind of thing. Definitely. Okay. What, what are some other ones of biases? Okay. It looks like we got only got a couple more. Um, I don't know if I said there's someone, the group bias. No, no, I didn't. Okay. So the group bias, that one's kind of self-explanatory too. If like you're with a large group of people and they all have an opinion, you just adopt their opinion while, um, as the same and you go along with whatever they're saying. They've done studies on that. They've had like oh, I'm sure. one sole person that was a part of the study and then everyone else was control. Like everyone was part of the experiment where there would be a very easy answer um, that they ask and everyone says the wrong answer. And then that forces the person that they're testing to be like, uh, yeah. yeah, that one, you yeah. know, rather than having their own voice and mm -hmm. being able, that's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. That's a really interesting one. I feel like that expands to like your home life too. Like what you're, what you grow up with. Your family and friends, they have their own opinions and that shapes your reality almost, you know, it's Definitely. like, and you kind of have to go out on your own. Especially from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Like once I went to college, uh, and just kind of, I mean, it wasn't even college. It was just getting out of my house. I feel like I found out so much more about myself, you know, and even now, like I'm moving like away from everyone and that's going to be, that's kind of what the purpose is. It's to find myself. It's to, to explore myself, mm -hmm. you know, Definitely. but yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a whole different story. What, what are some other ones? I mean, as far as the, um, the group biases with children too. I think parenting has a huge role in that. And if someone's not ready to be a parent that, you know, they have so many different opinions and ideas how to raise a children and implement them in different situations. If they're not ready for that, then, you know, maybe they're not ready to have the, the kid that they want. And that's, that's, that reigns true, man. That reigns super true because it's almost like just, seeking an external being that like all right i have a baby you got to give me attention like some people have that mentality you know and and it kind of just they haven't done the work on themselves to kind of earn a kid you know and i'm not mm -hmm. going to say like you shouldn't be a parent but you have to grow up fast when you have a kid mm -hmm. and you have to there's a lot of you know like we we've all been victims of uh you know momentary lapses in our parents where they're like they have their own flaws and they project those flaws you know like every single parent has it and you know it's not something that you're supposed to avoid but you, you should be honest with that mm. you know and that's kind of where it comes into having a kid where you're teaching them you know do you want to teach them how to think or do you want to teach them what to think you know mm, definitely all right so the last two were um the blame bias if you were to blame yourself for something and, um, yeah. Can you expand on that? Cause when I first heard that, that was like, that didn't make much sense to me, but you, you said something that kind of made, made sense. So the plain bias isn't more so, uh, geared towards what other people are perceiving you or influencing you. It's more of your own interpretation of it. So if you feel like you're being blamed for something and you fuck something up and then you're just going to start riding this emotional wave and you're going to start going in a different direction that you didn't want to. And you don't even see the whole picture. 
yeah. from that standpoint. Like yeah. when you're when you're blaming yourself so much, you lose sight of reality. It's like you're in your own world, and that stunts you because you're always you're gonna blame yourself for things that you can't have no control over. Where if you were to look at it from like you know, if we we've seen it in relationships, you know, it's like when a friend asks you about something in a relationship, you always give them a good answer. You know, you always have like a pretty good, you know, thing that you can offer them. But when you're going through it, we don't see anything because it's like, we have this like, no, it's different. Definitely. This is different. I'm a, you know, in a different know. state. That third party um, perspective really helps out. And I've utilized that. Totally. Yeah. It just... Some people aren't ready to he- even hear those things. That is a hundred percent true as well. Which goes back to the, the motivation to get something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, started. you got to be somewhat woke <laughs> with yourself, <laughs> not to throw that word around too much. All right, and then uh, last one is superior bias. I didn't write down too many notes about this one, but uh, it's either you feel that you're super um, superior and you have um, a bias about any advice other people are giving to you and you're kind of blinded by that. Or, um, or vice versa. Or vice versa. Someone has so much superior, uh, superiority over you that you're kind of just not acting yourself and you're just acting in a way that they want you to act. Right. You morph yourself. Like if you're hanging out with popular kids, I'm, I'm going back to high school cause I feel like that's a time where everyone has this superiority complex of mm-hmm. like, it's all about who you hang out with and who you're you know, what, what's your status mm. when you hang, if like you think you're not that great and then you hang out with like these quote unquote popular kids, you're going to either believe what they say and project this person that you're not. Um, or you hang out with like, you know, the quote unquote nerdy kids and you feel like, Oh, I'm cooler. I have this way of living. This is the right way. And you're not able to see like if they're sharing information with you, mm. you know, the right way. Mm. Interesting, man. This is, these are, you know, it's like putting a, being able to identify these blockers, I think is an important thing mm. uh, to be able to actually process. You know, it's like some people have all these thoughts and they might, might've heard something that we said and they're like, oh wait, I've had that happen, but they've never had something that they can identify that with, you know, never, never labeled it. Mm. Having something that you can label something with, it gives you the power you you now can put that in a corner and you address it. Mm. You know, like, oh, I have, you know, this this uh conviction bias, you know. Um you, and I don't I don't really listen to my own internal beat or my group bias, which is something that I feel like a lot of people have, you know, and that's just innate in us. So, what do you think the next step is from realizing these like uh, these biases? Realizing them and then the next part would be um, finding your purpose to want to change these things. That's the biggest one. And That's a hard one. With that purpose, you have to identify um, how is this going to benefit me? If I don't do this, how is it going to be detrimental to me? And, um, and then after that, just now you're pretty clear on what you want. Start taking small steps, you know? allocating your energy when you can and making it a priority and you're going to see some ca- some change for sure. Yeah, it's all about finding your reason, your 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 why, you know, that purpose is is a huge thing and we're all on that that path. And I think something that 
gives me power because I've had this problem where I, uh, like I'm constantly questioning what's my purpose, what's what like what do I want to do for the rest of my life kind of thing and kind of putting this big label on it and realizing that, you know, a purpose could change. You can you can go through all these changes, but it really takes just a step. Mm. You have to take a step in, in any direction and just trial. And that's something that I always have to tell myself because it's like if you're in the thinking phase you're going to be stuck in the thinking phase for a long ass time. Yeah, you got to be in the doing phase as much as possible. And like Definitely. a lot of people that are, you know, either going to college or leaving college or just trying to figure out what they want to do. They're in this thought trap where they're just constantly seeing, Oh, I should do this. Or, Oh, what if I do that? Oh, but what if I don't like it? But they never take that step to. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's so much better, um, not to, like dwell on and take too much time thinking out, figuring out what it is that you want to do and commit the rest of your life to, why don't you just jump in? Jump into um, something that somewhat uh, interests you and uh, seeing where that goes. If it's not like really fulfilling you, move on to the next thing. And while we're in the, our 20s, it is the best time to do that kind of thing. So important. Yeah. 100% agree. All right, man, let's do something now. We got to take action. I feel all this motivation now. <laughs> Dude, let's jump into a freezing pool. Yeah. Down. All right. Until next time, everybody.